0: Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 68 to 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the land of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of our sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. You may be seated.
1: I must say that um, I'm very uh, impressed and and just amazed by. Uh, those step up kids that just came up because that's not an easy thing to do in front of this many people, and so um, just so proud of all of them and the ones that are also going to do it at the eleven o'clock. We got two groups, so that's awesome. Um, and I think it's fitting that it comes on the 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 end of the Christian calendar, um, the the Christ the King Sunday, and so. You know, they've been working really hard, uh, working on being able to to read that and then reading it out loud. And for someone who does not like reading out loud, that's awesome. So, you know, again, kudos to you all. Um, But we're in a weird season right now. We're in a weird season uh, with the weather, or at least I feel like we are. Maybe you don't, and that's okay. Um, But as people, one thing that I, I think um, we need more than maybe we realize is light and specifically sunshine. You know, I, I kind of had always heard about uh, seasonal depression. Um, but it wasn't until uh, I guess it was Wednesday that one of our church members we were sitting down talking, and uh, you know it was mentioned about uh, someone not liking that the days are getting shorter and shorter, and she talked about a paper that she wrote um, in college or high school something, I don't remember when she wrote it, but it was a research paper talking about how, you know, people with darker complexions actually need more sunlight to be, like, satisfied with um, the amount of, of vitamins that they get versus people who maybe have a lighter complexion. And so it made lots of sense to me why, you know, my wife... You know, she struggles, uh, you know, plus she has to deal with a bunch of fifth graders. Um, but this, this time of year, it's a little more difficult. You know, the motivation's not there. I can even uh, say that about myself. You know, yesterday I'm sitting at a college football game, which is one of the things that I love to do. I love to do that. Even when it is against, you know, a school, uh, it's not a competitive game, you know, I just like being there in the atmosphere um, and getting to see, you know, who is going to be hopefully future players on the team and starters, and so I love it. But yesterday, I sat there, you know, it was cold, it was cloudy, it was an early game, and I just sat there kind of like, okay, well, I could have left at kickoff and been fine which is very unusual for me. Um, but it, it's just that, you know, that lack of light messing with kind of my attitude towards something that I love dearly. So light's pretty important to us. I mean, now I can say confidently um, that there's, there's scientific backing to why sunlight is so important to our moods and to our motivations in life, and we hear about light today a little bit, right? In our scripture, in our scripture, we're we're hearing uh, John the Baptist's father, Zachariah, uh, speak and prophesy a little bit. And what's really cool about this specific text. Um, is that it really takes us on a journey, whether we realize it or not, right? For the most part, for the most part, the Gospels are more narratives, you know, hearing about Jesus's ministry and his life. But right here, in the midst of narrative, a narrative, uh, we hear a little kind of prophecy. We hear a, a little bit of um, just speaking right of what has has come and what is coming and In my preparation, uh, there was a quote from one of the commentaries that just really it, it made me stop and think about the scripture and the, uh, the commentator said the text reminds us that we live in a cycle of both declaration and fulfillment of God's promise in, uh, in prophetic utterance. So we live in a cycle where we have uh, where we have claimed, right, God where we have claimed God as the one who uh, is present in our life, uh, the one who is at work around us, um, and then the fulfillment of God's promise, right? And that's, that's where we are today, right? Um, it starts, you know, next week we're going to be at the very beginning of the Christian calendar where we start preparing for that promise and that fulfillment in Jesus, But today, we celebrate that fulfillment. We celebrate the birth of a little baby who then would go on and do some tremendous ministry in the world. Who would come and transform the world through love, through grace, through mercy. And then... Jesus sacrificed himself for us so that he would be brought back to life and resurrected. And that now, through his resurrection, we have the ultimate hope that we could ever ask for. And that through Jesus, we are now able to live Eternally. And you know, we sit here today knowing, right, of Jesus. We're all on different journeys within uh, this thing that we call faith. We're all trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. But I think one, one thing or one statement that we all can agree on is that Christ our Lord loves us more than we will ever be able to comprehend. And if that's not something that, that you're quite ready to say, that's okay. But I'm going to guess that most of us are, are willing and able to say and, and agree on that. You know, we acknowledge the light of Christ. Just as Zechariah is prophesying about the light that's going to come into the world and is going to come into the darkness and overtake the darkness. Overtake the struggle. So knowing and claiming Christ as our king, claiming Christ as the light of the world. But I'm in this internal struggle myself. Just going to be real honest. I have sat and looked at the world 2,000 years after this light that was prophesized about, came into the world, 2,000 years after that resurrection, that ultimate sign of hope, and I sit here and I'm like, "Well, where is it? Where is the light? Because I sit in my mind, and just listening to different conversations. I hear about violence and war amongst different nations, uh, amongst, um, you know, different groups of people. I sit and I see how judgmental we are towards each other. I see see more uh, hatred than I do love and grace in the world. And I sit here and I, I, Reed Turner, absolutely am not perfect and I am just as judgmental as anybody else. I struggle sometimes Loving someone based off of a difference of opinion, um, based off of, you know, just whatever, right? There's lots of things. So, like, I'm in that struggle and in that darkness just as much as anybody else. And I've also been very... um, irritated, frustrated, maybe even so far as mad with um, the church, like the general church, not trying to single out anybody here. I have tried to convince myself multiple times on my journey uh, to where I am today, saying to myself, what am I doing why am I still in the church? Because even in the midst of of the church we see that struggle. That struggle of you know not loving one another, that that struggle of being judgmental towards one another, that, that struggle of letting our own desires come first. And that's a hard struggle. It really is. You know, I so badly, as someone who roots for one side of the state, would love my wife to agree with me. And she knows that. I'm constantly trying to convince her that this is the better side. Because that's my desire, right? That's what I want. And I'm sure she wants me to do the same, just, you know, flip it, right? And so we do let our own desires and our own struggles be what divides us but takes us away from sharing and igniting that light in the world. Because as, as the church, as Christians, um, as we're called to love one another, um, as we're called to, to be the church, the wonderful part of that is God created us all Uniquely. Not one of us sitting here are the same. And if, if you think you're exactly the same as somebody, I would love for you to come and show me because I'm just going to guess, based off of visuals, I'm going to find something different about each of you. Because God created us uniquely and wonderfully. And as we come and claiming today as Christ, the King above all kings, the King of all creation, I stand, and I have said this probably at every appointment or position I have ever been at. I stand and, and I say, you know, the church that we have today, it can do better. It can do better. We can do better. But in this moment, right, in this moment that we're we're talking about, as we're talking about the church being able to do better, I acknowledge within myself that I can't just say the church needs to do better. I can't just say, you know, that it can be better. I have to be a part of the church that is better. I have to be the one who takes my faith and knowing the love of Christ, knowing that that Christ is the one who reigns over all creation and acknowledging that the church, that we as a body of Christ can do better, it starts with me in my life doing better. It starts with me in my life sharing That light, that light that I sit and I struggle, where is it sometimes where I I, I cry because of how, how much struggle and how much I just wonder, where is it? But it starts with my actions within my life. It starts with how I am in community with others, it starts with me being less judgmental. Me not trying to uh, tell my wife who she should root for, even though I want her to root for the same team I do. It's about me being example of love and grace and unity in the world, and it starts with all of us in our individual lives, right? And that's hard. And there's a long way to go. It's not going to change overnight as much as we might want it to. But as the church, as the body of Christ, we should be coming together to make more disciples to love one another, to help everyone who is a part of God's creation know that they are loved, know that they too belong to Jesus Christ. It it is up to us as the body of Christ to be the ones that share that light in the world. And so while I sit here and I struggle I have to take a step back. I have to acknowledge where I fall short. I have to acknowledge that we are all created uniquely in the image of our creator. And I have to go and make sure that my actions in my life, that they exemplify that light, that they show that God reigns that Christ, our Lord, who is the risen Savior, that that is the banner that we all should know, that that is what the world is looking for, and that we are all united no matter who we are, where we're from, what we think, who we root for, that we're united under the love of our God and of the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, who no matter what happens to the church 2,000 years from now, the Christ who reigns forever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just, we thank you that we are able to be a community of faith. And Lord, we acknowledge that we can do better. We acknowledge that we put ourselves before you. So, Lord, continue to open up our hearts and our ears and our eyes so that we may build your kingdom, the kingdom that you, our God, so desperately desires. The kingdom of God, where your Son, your risen Son, our Lord, reigns, and loves, and unites us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.